Welcome to the Ecom Profit Podcast. I'm your host, Dawn Sinkula, CEO of Digital Dawn, and I'm so excited to be here with you today. Here on the Ecom Profit Podcast, I open Pandora's box and share with you and other ecom business owners weekly topics that will help you explode your business online. I outline my tried and true secret sauce, the D2D method, that's guaranteed to bring your business results. As an entrepreneur myself, I try to pull out all the same entrepreneurial passions in others. So get ready to be fired up about your business and let's have a great time. Welcome to the Ecom Profit Podcast. Welcome to the Ecom Profit Podcast. I'm your host, Dawn Sinkula, and today we have an amazing guest um, that's going to be talking to us today. She's an award-winning social entrepreneur. Jen Harper is the founder and CEO of Cheekbone Beauty Cosmetics, Inc., Cheekbone Beauty is a digitally native direct-to-consumer brand that's helping Indigenous youth see themselves in a beauty brand while using the concept of life cycle thinking in the brand's ethos and in developing their products, creating kind of a new system or segment in the beauty industry of social, sustainable, social conscious beauty. So Jennifer's been making a name for herself in the beauty industry for a number of years, but has been gaining popularity quickly after being on the hit CBS show Dragon's Den in 2019. And Cheekbone Beauty's mission is to help every Indigenous youth see and feel their enormous value in the world while creating a sustainable cosmetic company. Welcome to the show, Jen. I'm so excited to have you. Uh, Thank you. I'm excited to be here. So let's dig in and get started right away because we have so many questions that our audience has asked as well as questions that I know people in this space want to hear from you. So a lot of my agency clients have started beauty brands out of a specific reason, right? So whether it be sometimes they're solving their own problem, whether it be allergies or skin concerns, or they haven't been able to find, you know, something that fits with their values and sustainability. Tell us, and can you tell us the inspiration behind starting Cheekbone Beauty and how it's gotten to this point? Yeah. So probably not the norm in the beauty space, but we started this because we were, felt there was a a missing piece to the representation provided by the the beauty uh, space at the time. And that was a lack of indigenous representation. You know, we are a really small portion of the population. So I know how business works and it's all about market share. And I can imagine it's probably why our narrative and our faces have been left out for so long. Um, And then discovered while getting here that of course there's missing products as well and right so my story is really different in the sense that it's for sure was about this lack of representation but then once got here realized you know this is such a competitive space right. to be in um and how would we truly be differentiated from the brands that sit next to us or um also that can be found online and so that's when we started our journey on really creating products that were met, meeting our values and principles which were based on this idea of sustainable beauty but from an indigenous perspective and through an indigenous lens and mm-hmm. so we 
really honed in on my Anishinaabe roots and culture to think about how we make and create products. And so um, for generations, thousands of years, Indigenous people have lived in North America and we're living very sustainably. I've been coined to say we're the OGs of sustainability. And so thinking about <laughs> how and how how that plays out. And if you think just today, who are on the front lines of many um pipelines, mm-hmm. water systems, and then the Amazon right. who are protecting those things. Well, it's the indigenous people of those communities. Um, and it's really, it's because of this innate connection that indigenous communities have with, right. with living things. Right. And I know you've got such a, a mission and a purpose that's so much bigger than yourself. And you just kind of started to touch on that. And, and we've worked with people who are constantly giving back to their communities, whether it's through, you know, percentage, girls programs, other programs. I know that you are very focused on giving back to your community. Can we talk first a little bit about your vision and mission for this company sort of now and in the future. And then I'd love to talk a little bit more about your sustainability promise and what that looks like um, in today's kind of challenging space when when this is a hard thing to do and you've made it really at the core and the forefront of your business. So I'd love to hear more about that. Yeah. So I, I think the first step was how like I knew nothing about the the beauty industry. So that in itself has (laughs) been an an extreme learning curve. And I just spent the last five years like really buckling down and like learning as much as I possibly could. So that's even, you know, secondary challenge to being in this highly competitive space. Um, But really trying to figure out, again, I think a great business is when you're solving a problem. And for us, it really did come down to this community level, this grassroots level of things, because our communities have been marginalized, have been um, suffering in so many different Mm -hmm. ways for so long. And it was just this idea of like sharing some of that information with, with our community and the public and, and really seeing like truly and authentically how we, you empower people, how it can change people. Right. Right. Like I, and it's just seems so simple and basic, but when you give people the right tools, what can happen and and you can only imagine. And so with that system, I learned that the education system on and off reservation for Mm -hmm. um, indigenous youth is not um, up to par with the national standards. And that really in itself was unfair in learning Mm -hmm. that truth. Then I discovered, you know, how there was a young girl who was, who had already discovered that for herself and went on this journey. And and her name was Shannon Costachuan and she was from a remote community. And so she had dedicated her work to like really trying to figure out how to create safe and comfortable schools for First Nations, Indigenous kids. And so when I read her story, I thought, you know, this idea of, having a business, but a business being built on the idea of giving back, um, I think it can exist. And then I was paying attention to other brands like Tom's Shoes at the time that these one-for-one programs. I'm like, 
this seems like it's possible. Like there's gotta be a way where you can create a healthy, profitable business, but that your focus is about giving back. And so that's where this, this social enterprise idea came from. And in Canada at the time, there wasn't much research on it. I know the UK had started and the U S had started it, but there wasn't much information here um, or examples to find. Now I think it, I think it, it feels like it's a, a no brainer that if you're getting into business, customers want to know what, what you support, like, yay, you have a business, but what are you supporting as well? Uh, I I feel like that's just like a given now that expectation. And so um, that was just the beginning. And and so for us, as much as I fully believe that you can't just give money to a a, a something and it's not going to solve the problem. So our idea of focusing on education was really how, you know, how do we get, Indigenous kids to first foster this love of learning for them and get them in better, safe, comfortable schools. How do you not get them to be empowered by more education? Because, you know, and that education is not defined by this one view of it either. It also, in our communities, there's a lot of land-based education happening, right? meaning go out in the land, figure out Mm -hmm. how to you know, use all these wonderful tools that, that creation provides for us. So there's so many different views of education and what that meant. But when you do educate someone, they then become empowered to go and do something else. Right. And so that's our brand and our uh, cheekbone beauty supports many different organizations that are focusing on indigenous youth and their education. And that, and we were really part of the beginnings of this was I had a crazy dream back in 2015 and in the, that's when I had come up with the idea of starting a scholarship fund in my grandmother's name, um, mm-hmm. who I had learned was a residential school survivor. And so mm-hmm. now just this past September, 2021, we launched our first scholarship fund. And so I'm really grateful Amazing. that we were able to do that. Yeah. I had heard that you'd had a dream about your business and that you had you had kind of this vision and woke up and said, I'm going to create lip gloss or something like that. Is that is that accurate? That, that that's it's kind of very how- accurate. And I'm okay. like, I don't even like to it's not a, it was like a literal dream. You know, one of those you have a dream and you, the details are always vague when you wake up. Right. Um, but woke up that night in January of 2015 and there was all of these native little girls covered in lip gloss. And what I remember the most was like their joy and laughter Um, and then grabbed my laptop and was like, okay, I'm going to, you know, figure out how to create a lip gloss. And then what could I do? Portion of the profits could start this foundation or scholarship Mm -hmm. in my grandmother's name. So it was just all the ideas going out in the original foundation of the plant. But from the beginning was always like, have the product, give back, have the product, give back. And we've never swayed from that. Like today- Um, which is Monday, uh, March 21st, we're launching again what we call one of our give boxes. So we always do this every year um, and we call it streams of giving. It's something that's been there from how ways that we can always give back and somehow. And so these Mm -hmm. have always been fun because we curate other Indigenous businesses and get their products in there as well as ours and just then give to a good cause. And it's, you know, it's, it's time and efforts, but I feel like it's, it's, uh, something that makes us feel good. And we're always grateful for the organizations we get to support with the give back. 
Right. And we'll be sure to link that in um, the show notes so that you can take a look um, at that because I think that is so amazing to bring other businesses into it also to be able to curate that. I know I've purchased, you know, some of your um, products and, and am a big fan. And one of the things that really stood out to me is around the sustainability piece of things as well. So not only do you give back, but you're really focused on that sustainability model. And for a lot of beauty brands, that's a really hard concept to kind of come up with. And it's a real challenge to still have quality products that look really nice, that are manufactured correctly, and still can hold that sustainability piece to it. Can you talk about that challenge as well and and how you've really been able to focus on that? Because to me, that's really, you know, all of this is very, very moving, but being able to help, you know, not add to the, you know, deterioration of the earth and things like that. It's just incredible. So talk a little bit about that part of it for us. Well, for the, thank you for noticing and recognizing that it's really hard. And I think that's really important. Hard. All small businesses understand that sustainability is something that's not easy and there's no answer, right? There's right. no real, like, I think as humans, we love black and white, like just so we know what's right, what's wrong. And unfortunately, right. the whole topic is so nuanced. And then even now there's a lot of like washing, greenwashing that happens within the yep. space. So it's just don't throw the word around. Um, again, dove into this in probably about 2018 is when I started f- trying to figure out how uh, how can we become more sustainable. And so yeah. beauty industry, barrier to entry, very yeah. low. That's why it's so competitive, right? Correct. To get here, yeah. not hard. Anyone could go right. find a white private labeler and slap a logo on something, call it yeah. a day and start selling those products. That is yeah. easy. Yep. When I figured that how easy out that was, I was like, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> now I know why this is going to be such a con- so competitive. Yeah. Right. And that's when I, you know, sat down and thought, what are the things that matter to me? My past career was in the food industry and specifically yeah. seafood at the time. And I was focused on sustainable seafood. I, I was right. working with chefs and restaurant owners, really trying to help and support them to tell better stories on their menus, to get customers yeah. thinking yeah. about sustainability. And so I've always had a passion for that. And then when I got into the beauty space, then realizing, okay, what's going to make us different? Because I can't keep doing this easy yeah. part because it's not going to last very long. We sure. need to be differentiated. And so as much as, you know, what differentiates us is the giving back and my culture, it's not enough to be competitive with products, right? right. And so then exactly. I sat down and started figuring out the plans on how to get more sustainable. And yeah. it meant really talking about the raw ingredients Yep. where they come from, how they're made, do they biodegrade back into the ecosystems when they're going down the drain, like things yep. like that. And then th- and that's that whole where we think about, it's called the life cycle analysis, life yep. cycle thinking. So the beginning of the harvesting of the raw ingredients to the end of the life of the product, which yep. then includes getting a little sneak peek of something, the packaging, right? Yeah. Um, and us trying to figure out how do we make packaging that doesn't end up in a landfill. That's the right. whole goal, right? Yep. So, um, and then we work backwards from there. And then you realize, 
oh my goodness, every product based on raw ingredients is totally different. Yeah. Mascaras are liquids, lipsticks are solids. And how would, how we, what are we going to put them in to make sure that one, that they, they stay as safe as possible for the customer um, and last as long as we can for the customer with the type of ingredients we're using. And then, I mean, it's so many things and right. it's constant work. And I think it will be ever evolving. I don't sure. think we're going to get to that end point. Like right now we're working on cheekbone packaging 2.0, like the next version yeah. of the more sustainable version of the things that we have now. And I think we're just going to keep growing um, right. and realize that it's going to cost more. And I think the consumer has to come to terms with that. If we're, exactly. if we're buying items, we have to recognize cheapness. And I'm like, right. without saying that in, you know, like, cause we get messages. I can buy a lipstick for $7. Why would I? And, sure. and that's a choice you have to make as a customer. Exactly. I can tell you all the great things about my lipstick and why you should buy it. Um, and maybe you should buy one lipstick a year or two, or two, like, like we can push it to two. We don't right. need 17, $7 lipsticks, right? right. And plastic right. packaging that you're going to throw in the trash and that'll end up in a landfill. So those yeah. are choices that consumers have to make on their own. But what right. we have to do as a brand is we hold the responsibility to teach you about sustainability and we have yep. to be transparent with you as much as possible. So we hopefully as a brand help people make better purchasing choices. Well, one of the things that I loved was this that came in the the packaging and the, uh, there's a little card um, in it that says, you know, sustainable um, nature. And then it really, it, it gives you flowers. And this is like a reusable, um, you know, you, you can plant your flowers. It's plantable. I mean, and, yeah. and this, you know, it's amazing. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is so clever, first of all, Incredible but it company. also serves a purpose. Botanical paperwork, shout out to them, but they, yeah. yeah, it's, and it's not cheap again, right? Like that's, right. you have to, you have to really, I think it's going to be this years of, you know, and hopefully it doesn't take us all too long, um, right. re-educating because cheap, um, I've, love this saying is a race to the bottom and we've already yep, humanity we've brought yourself to the bottom like yep. there's nowhere else to go like you need to fix your 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 mentality on on purchasing you know that's a great that's a great segue to a, another question you know i know from my experience with working with um you know target and and working with other major retailers in the health and beauty space that you know, it's hard to make a name for yourself in this industry, right? And it, it's hard to kind of step out and be in that competitive space like we talked about. And there is a race to the end, to the bottom, right? And, and cheapness kind of comes with that. But a lot of it also, you've managed to break out into this highly competitive market. And one of the things I think is so important is that you have to have a good quality product, right? It, and then it kind of starts with that, right? And just what you said, like a good, solid quality product that people are going to want to buy. But can you kind of tell us a little bit about what you think has moved you forward so quickly in this competitive space and where maybe others might be able to learn from you some, some things that you've done that really have helped you move forward so quickly? Well, I don't think it's any skill set that I have or that the brand has. I think timing in history has been part of the story. You know, I'll be mm. like 100% honest with that. I, I feel like at the right time we entered the market yeah. um, and, and 
the, the idea of sustainability is not going anywhere. It's not a trend. So the yeah. fact that we focused on that early, I think has also been critically helpful. So again, timing, um, and then being willing and open to say yes to conversations with people, to, um, ideas, being a really open-minded. I, I used to, my younger version of myself, I, I feel like I was very narrow-minded in the sense yeah. that I would say no to a lot of things, but in the first few years of building cheekbone, I made a, a goal to say yes to things and listen mm. and connect with people that I might've mm. never, or organizations that I would have never just to learn as much as I possibly could. So being open to learning is, sure. is, is huge. Um, and not like, I was like, I don't, I feel like sometimes we don't shoot big enough. Yeah. Right. Like, because we're a small brand and we're in Sephora. Right. And that was always on that crazy vision board of like the things and places we want to be and end up. And it's not easy to get into Sephora. We got there and then not even, even not easier is staying there because you realize (laughs) like and and the narrative that there's room for everybody, unfortunately with retailers, there's not room for everybody. And I think this is a lie that many women in business like to tell each other. And I was like, who's been telling this lie? Because you're picking another brand off the shelf to get there. As a former retailer executive. (laughs) I I knew I could say this to you. I knew I could say this to you. Yes, 100% can tell you that there is not space, literal space, Literally, right. And so if there's places you want your brand to be, I think you realize that you have to be better. You have to be um, really differentiated to to be able to navigate and get that space. And so that is super serious. It's like when you, you know, you can't just bring a product to the market for the sake of bringing a product to the market. And I have like, these are like, I used to think, well, they're like, what's special about your brand? And I'm like, it's just like this, right? I didn't have like a great answer back (laughs) in the early days. And so just for everyone to understand, you can grow into that really differentiated spot too. You don't have to have it all figured out from the beginning and you can grow into that, but it's really important that you do and you figure out who and how and what makes you better than everybody in in your category. Well, that's, that's an interesting, um, you know, segue too, because we have listeners kind of at all levels of, of business. We have some that are just kind of figuring out how to get going. We have, you know, business owners that have been in the space for a while. If you were able to like turn back the clock and share advice with yourself when you first started or with newbies, what, what would you give as kind of that, that piece of advice that, boy, I wish I would have done that differently. Or if I only could have sort of thing, what, what might that be? Or is there one? There, yeah, but it's, it's kind of like double edged because I believe making the mistakes help me learn more. Yes. But then of course you don't want to make the mistakes. I feel like you just spend the money on good branding from the beginning Yeah, um, would save you so much along the way. Yeah. And I've spent a ton with, um, on figuring out the brand and who we are. And I feel like if you hire the creative folks that know how to do that right. and get the right people in, in on board early on, um, mm. it might have saved, saves time. And then it, and also that's with regards to product development, you know, I was using consultants 
to yeah. like a co- even consultant chemist. And I'm like, Oh, is there a different way I could have gone about that? Well, now yeah. I see there was, but I don't know. I think it's all part of the journey. Yeah. But I wish I would have known d- these things earlier that spend the money. And it's so hard when you're new and don't have any. Right. Um, yeah. So it's tough. Do you think that, you know, let, let's talk about failure for just a second, since you, you kind of touched on that a little bit. And we know that it's every part of all of our journeys, myself included, and and anybody that, that's going to be in business. It's, it's just kind of part of it. Was there ever a project that you worked on that you absolutely loved, but at the end of the day, it just kind of tanked? And what what kind of things did, how did you react to that? Or what did, what did you do differently when, when that happened? Yeah, I feel like to be perfectly honest, it's not like we work really hard on our give boxes and it's not like people are running in droves to buy them. <laughs> but, and, and so a regular <laughs> business person might be like, no, like stop doing this. We're not going to do this anymore. But I feel, I feel passionate about it in the sense that it's part of who we are. We want to give back and we want to support other brands, um, just create awareness for them. And it feels like it's the best thing for us to do that. Um, but, uh, I think it'll, and I, you know, I'm hopeful because I am passionate about it and maybe it will never work. We, and it's kind of funny because we're discovering it, as much as giving back is important, not a lot of people care about it as much as we would like to think they do. Right? Yeah. 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 So it's kind of like a, a little reality check, but then we're passionate about it. So we're going to keep doing it. We just don't do as many as we once did sure. in the beginning with the hopes of selling out that many. Right. Right. Um, so just scaling it back because we still believe in it. Got it. Got it. That's great. I think, um, you know, as you kind of think about the future of Cheekbone Beauty, what are some things that you can kind of see on the horizon that you're going to need to do as a business owner to continue to stay differentiated? You've already got amazing kind of, you know, sustainability and and your vision and your mission. Do you feel like that's going to be enough in the future? And do you see needing to change in order to stay competitive? Or do you feel like this is kind of the, the, the focus? Yeah. So we have talked a lot about this year and focus on innovation. So we built, you know, it's our lab, I call it our indigenous innovation lab. Mm. Um, And then we work on projects where we're working behind the scenes on creating our own ingredients, essentially our own active ingredients that will go into future products. And so, and we're pulling those from waste ingredients at the moment. So we're working on really high level um, innovation projects that I, you know, the goal is, is you're like, you want these to pan out, but it's called research and development for a reason because you never, (laughs) you don't know if it's really all going to work out the way you want, but I think keeping those as part of, you know, um, someone who I look up to as a mentor, you know, 30% of your funding and business dollars need to go to innovation if you're going right. to keep being differentiated. And so yeah. you have to add that into your forecast and your budgeting to make sure that that, that happens. And that yeah. would be a lifelong process if you're going to stay innovative. 
That's a great point. And I think a lot of times newer business owners or even those that have gotten really comfortable in the space don't always think about their innovation budget. They think a lot about the marketing budget. They think a lot about pushing out their products. They think a lot about how to get more exposure and all those different things, but always having innovation at the forefront to help with that differentiator. I think that's great advice. So as we kind of wrap up here, what I have two more questions for you. So what is kind of the next big thing that Cheekbone Beauty will be launching? And alongside of that, everybody wants to know what your favorite product is and why. So those two things, what's coming up next from, if you can give us like a sneak peek of what might be coming from a product perspective, and then what is your favorite product and why? So this is the perfect day to be talking because in the spring gift box that we launched today is the new Mattifying Moon Dust, which Ooh. is a translucent powder that is just works um, epically with our complexion pencils, which are my favorite product. So our complexion okay. pencils are like just these, they're like magic sticks, like hands down. And it's not foundation. It's not... Um, concealer. It's not contour. It's not highlighter, but it does all of those things while like illuminating and brightening and evening out skin tone. Um, and it's just an incredible, incredible group of products that can be blended and they blend so well. Mm -hmm. um, we love them here. I'm obsessed with them. I love them. And now the this translucent powder is literally just going to help set them. So Beautiful. like you can and yeah. it just eliminates shine for any of us that have to be on screens or in front of people <laughs> right. or have a lot of shine just right. to begin with. Right. But um, it's just a product that people have been asking us for a long time. And we uh, it's coming out today in this box and then we'll launch solo um, in next month. So it's oh only gosh. limited in this box for today. And then we'll, because we were hoping to sell out of these boxes today, but we'll see what happens. But, uh, <laughs> but we'll be released shortly. So released it's coming shortly. for those okay. that miss out. Um, so yeah, those are exciting. And then this year, at the end of this year, is another incredible product that we'll be launching. And I can't tell you what, because it's <gasps> too many hints, we'll give it away. But it's the perfect thing that goes under your you're in your makeup step. It's a perfect start to that. That's a good Oh, hit. I love it. I love it. A great, great teaser. I, I, I think that's amazing. Well, I'm a big fan of, of makeup and I have been a big fan of Cheekbone Beauty. Um, I just absolutely have enjoyed so much having this conversation with you and I appreciate you taking the time and sharing your story with our listeners. You gave some great advice and some great tips for anybody who is at the start, in the middle, or kind of thinking about the future. So I wish you all the best of luck. Great success to you. And we'll be watching for those new products coming out this year. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you like what you've heard, I'd be so grateful if you'd leave a review. And don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. If you'd like to see if you're a good fit to work with the Digital Dawn team, head over to digitaldawnagency.com forward slash contact and let's book a call. Thanks so much again. And until next time.